You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning. We're in the middle of this series that we are calling Christian Atheists. That's not true, uh, but that's what it says on the back of the screen, um, which hopefully, if you missed it last week, definitely take a listen to it. Noah, Noah brought us that message last week. You can find us uh, on anywhere you can find podcasts, Hill City Teaching, um, and catch up on the series. But we're in the middle of the series we're calling Good News People, and where the gospel should be good news to our life. And it should be good news in such a way that it changes our perspective, it changes our outlook, it changes our behavior. And I think all too often um, we allow the good news just to become mundane or always been around, um, and we don't allow it to have the impact that it had maybe at our salvation. And I think so often, um, we often think that that's all the good news is for. It's just for our salvation. Um, It's just for that, that moment in time when we decide that Jesus is Lord, that we decide that Jesus did die and raise again. But the gospel is for our every day. The gospel still applies to our lives, whether you've been a believer for a year or decades and decades, the gospel still matters to us. And the gospel is still great news to us. And that's what this series is all about, is how do we become good news people again? How do we live in such a place with Jesus that that this news is we're reminded of over and over again and we're surprised by, delighted by, excited by, that it just starts to ooze out of us to those we come in contact with, that we can't keep it in any longer, that, that we just have to tell others about what Jesus did and what he's still doing. That is the good news. The good news is the gospel of Jesus, right? God created us to be known by him, to know him fully. That, that's, that's, that was the original plan when he created humanity, that we would know God and that we could be known by God. But our sin entered the picture. And if we were honest with ourselves, we'd all be in the same place and say, yeah, I've hurt people. I've hurt my relationship with God. I've tried to live this life the way that I wanted to live it. Um, now, we live in a society that tries to change that. Right? We try to change the terms of what sin is. Well, this isn't so sinful. It's not that bad, but this is worse. And we play this weird game, but the reality is we're all in the same boat. We're all sinners. We've all caused harm. And I think oftentimes when we even come to that place where we realize that we cause harm and we've sinned against others and we've sinned against God, that that we think there's other ways to get to salvation. We start to convince ourselves, well, I'm good enough. If I do enough good things, then God will love me again. If I go to church enough times, if I even know where my Bible is, right? we're looking for all these different ways, these religious ways to fulfill this need to try to get out from under this sin. And Jesus is really clear. There's only one way. And it's through Christ and through Christ alone. It's believing that he is Lord, believing that he died and he rose again. Right? Jesus quoted saying, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that I died and rose again, you shall be saved. It's not how often you show up or, or the things that you do or, or whatever crazy lie you want to believe. It, it's it found in Jesus. That's where salvation is. And that's where relationship is restored. Jesus went to the cross, paying the price for your sin. Jesus took on the punishment and he took on the shame, and he took his last breath for you. 
Now, the beautiful thing about who Jesus is, is that last breath wasn't going to be his final. Being fully God, he was able to conquer death just like he predicted. So we could do the same. And this life, this good news, this story isn't just for our eternity, isn't just for the day we stand in judgment. It's for today. It's for the now. And that's what we're going to dig into with this series as we continue. In 1 John chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, if not, the verses will be on the screen. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He just called Simon Peter and his brother Andrew. Um, and then the story kind of continues the next day after that event. But in verse 43, it says this, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, uh, was from the town of uh, Bethesda. Someone just laugh at my reading? Bethesda. I'm going to go with Bethesda. I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. Bethesda. That's a game. I don't even know what a game company is. I'm so like shamed right now. <laughs> Forget all of you people and listen to Jesus. <laughs> Philip, verse 45. <laughs> Philip found Nathaniel and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about, the one we've been waiting for. He wrote about in the law, about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And as most people during this day, Nathaniel had a similar response. Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see, said Philip. Circle that, underline that, highlight it. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still sitting under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under a fig tree? You are going to see greater things than even that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God descending and ascending on the Son of Man. This is how oftentimes majority of our stories start is with this invitation of come and see. Come and see what Jesus is about. Come and see that I've found the Messiah. Come and see what we've been waiting for. Come and see the, the, the wisdom that this man carries. Come and see the grace that he shows. Come and See, I think all too often um, we stop taking up the, the invitation just to see what Jesus is about. Right? We, 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 we come to this place where we think we know enough about him. That I, I know enough about Jesus. I know who Jesus is. I, I know what he's about, at least intellectually. But I don't know him. Right? There's a level of heart, like knowing God, that we're trying to build in ourselves. And it, it comes from this invitation. Jesus is saying, come, come and see. Come and see what I'm about. Let me impress you and show off to you. Let me show you what I can really do. Let me show you what my grace really feels like. So spending time with Jesus this morning and my prayer recently has been like, God, what do I do differently to know you more? 
Like, this is what I've been doing. And not that this is bad or, or insufficient, but like, I want to know you more. Is there something I'm, I'm not understanding or a lie that I'm, I'm not believing? Or a lie that I'm believing that I shouldn't be believing? Like, like what is it? And I felt like he just said to me, give me your heart. Right? You have a head knowledge. You understand me. You have, a he- you have a hands knowledge. You serve me. But give me your heart. Let me into the deepest, darkest places of who you are in your soul. The most sinful, disgusting places. And the most secret of places. Those areas that, that we don't even like to believe that, that exist in ourselves, let alone to others. Like, let me into that place. Let me in so we can walk in the garden fully exposed and fully known that there's nothing hidden between us. Like that's a level of heart that, that is beyond where I'm currently at. Like I, I want that. I want to know God. That's why he went to the cross so I can, I can know him and be known by him. But I think all too often in our lives, we, we put up these walls. We don't take Jesus up on his, on his invitation of come and see. Usually it's, it's the opposite. It's like, hey, Jesus, come and see my life. Come and see how I live and come and see the dreams that I have and come and see the things that I'm chasing and, and come and see in, in this place and, and the things that I need. Come see here, Jesus. And it's not that Jesus isn't interested in those things, but you're missing out on so much more if the invitation was flipped and you took him up on it. And that's what he's saying today. Come and see. Come and see what I'm about. Come and see Jesus, the grace of God. Grace is an interesting word. I think for, for a lot of us that when it comes to grace, like we know the, the, the church answer, right? Mercy is, is not receiving what we deserve and, and grace is receiving what we don't deserve. But grace is bigger than that. Grace isn't just for, for the fallen. It isn't just for when I screw up. It isn't just those chances to get back up. Though those are great, don't get me wrong. But it's bigger than that. There's more comfort in that. The grace is the fact that I, I don't deserve to talk to my creator, but I get to talk to him. And he talks back. I found that grace at the cross of Jesus. Isaiah, Isaiah is quoted saying this, but your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. So he will not hear. When we're outside of the grace, when we're outside of the salvation, we're outside of the good news, and we all know people like this, your prayers go unheard. God doesn't hear them. Your sin is that disgusting. It's that destructive. But because of the grace of Jesus, because of the sacrifice made by Jesus, I know that my prayers are heard. Not only that, I get to see God face to face. This is what Jesus provided to us. And not only that, in that provision and the Spirit coming, like we get access to a level of wisdom that we would never have had before. As you read through the Gospels and just look how Jesus interacts with people, it is mind-boggling how good He is at what He does. It is mind-boggling how He's able to read people and know the real direction that they need to go. It's mind-boggling that, that He can get at the root of the real question that they're asking. 
It's this great wisdom that we have now access to because of His grace. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve direction in your life. You don't deserve to, to know what the right next step is. You don't deserve it. It's because of the grace and the sacrifice of Jesus that you're given it. That I get to be known and know God. That I get access to that type of relationship. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. But what does grace really feel like? That was the question I couldn't shake this week. Like, what does it feel like? Like, I understand from a, from a principle standpoint, like I understand in my head, but right, Jesus is telling me you got to feel these things, got to get here. What does it feel like? I was like, what are those moments in life that just feel light? What are those moments in life that just feel like everything's perfect about it? Now, we get them fleeting, right? We don't live in the, in the full-blown kingdom of, of Jesus today. We get moments of it. But, but it's things like the beautiful sunset where you're just able to stand in awe. Like I just came from, from the beach from last weekend. and We got to watch the real ocean. It's the Pacific Ocean because the Atlantic Ocean doesn't count. It's too warm. That ocean shouldn't be warm. But you're able to watch these sunsets over the water and, and watch the sun disappear in that flash. And just the beauty of that. Or if you've, you've seen little children just laughing uncontrollably. Right? They just get the itch and it's just, it's just going. There's just pure joy in that moment. And it kind of sends your mind back to when you were laughing in that way. Right? It's, it's that piece of where, where grace sits. Where nothing else matters. Is that I just get to be with my Jesus. Or it's the it's it's you know puppy love. It's that new fresh love where you know the the partner can never do wrong, and it's in that little place where everything's perfect, and you're learning all these new things, and there's a level of excitement and joy in that moment. Like this is the grace feeling. Like we should have excitement and joy, and getting to meet with Jesus and be around Jesus and learn new things about Jesus. That we should have this level of joy where we're able to, regardless of what's going on in life, I'm able to say, but look what Jesus is doing now. And I get it. Life beats us up. And it's really good at beating us up. Right? I just, I'm just coming out of a season where life beat me up for the last few months. And I've been begging God to do things. And then he did them. <laughs> and he was already working on those things without my knowledge. But it was, a, it was a beating up season of like, I forgot who Jesus was. I wasn't believing. I wasn't believing he has my best interests at heart. I wasn't believing that, that he doesn't give dreams that he doesn't fulfill. I wasn't believing that, that he cares about me and that, it, that my, my, my feelings and, and my struggles and my frustrations, they matter to him. But it's this joy, this, this excitement, this of, of, of what could be. I don't know if you're any coffee drinkers, but you get that good cup of coffee in like the perfect place. It may be really quiet, at least for me, it'd be really quiet. And be like in a coffee shop where I really don't know anyone. This is the opposite of Christianity, but like this is what we're going for. It's that moment where it's like that first sip where you're like, mm, this is going to be a good moment. Right? That's grace. That's the feeling of grace. 
Like this is the thing that Jesus wants to give over and over again. This is the thing he's inviting us to come and see. Come and see my gospel affect your life. Come and see how I'm going to change you. Right? It's his gospel that, that, that shifts and changes our hearts because it's through his gospel that the spirit invades us. The fact that we can change, the fact that we can be different people, we can love more, we can sacrifice more, the, the fact that, that I can find purpose in being able to serve others rather than find purpose in fulfilling my own wants and desires. Right? It's in that journey that is the good news. It's in that journey that he wants to give us more. But it's an invitation to say, come and see. Come and see what my grace feels like. Come and see and remember what I've done for you. Come and see this relationship that we could have if you choose just to engage me. Christianity was never meant to be people who lived in, in, in chairs facing a, a preacher. Christianity was never designed to be a, a, a church service that you attend or a belief system that you carry. No, Christianity was supposed to be a radical transformation of who you are in the community of others doing the same life with Jesus. But we've dumbed it down. We've made it simple. Because we felt like the other way was too hard. But the reality is we're missing out on so much life that we could be finding in the gospel if we choose to just pursue Jesus and take him up on his invitation of come and see. Come and see what this life can really look like. Right, that's what he says here. You think it's amazing that I can tell you, I can tell you that I saw you far away sitting underneath the fig tree? Oh, you're going to see greater things than even that. You're going to see the dove descending on the Son of God. Makes you want to get baptized again. I didn't understand these things. Uh, when I got baptized, you're like, man, that's a pretty spiritual moment. But it's in these moments that, that we get to see the fullness of who Christ is. And I think if we took him up on that offer of coming and seeing him more often and really digging into what that looks like and, and what it feels like to be with him, I think we'd be pretty contagious people. I, I think people would come and interact with us because we just came back from... A, experiencing and meeting with the holy God. And they're going to be like, what do you have that I don't have? Don't dumb it down for them. Don't give them a way out. It's through Christ and Christ alone that they come to know their salvation. It's not to coming to church. Church doesn't save people. Sure, we carry the message of the good news, but sitting in a room like this doesn't save people. Jumping in a dunk tank and getting wet a little bit, it doesn't save you. Having the right beliefs or voting for the right people, that doesn't save you. Jesus is the only one that can save you. It's confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, meaning he is in control. He is king seated on, seated on his throne. And believing, believing that he did what he said he was going to do. He died and he rose again. I think if we're reminded of that, of the sacrifice that he made for us, it's going to change our perspective. This is why things like confessing our sins is so important. So we confess our sins, we realize, oh, I'm not as good as I thought I was, right? We start to compare ourselves oftentimes, we're like, oh, I'm better than that guy. That guy's a joke. 
But when we start to dig into our own sin, our own thoughts, and our own lies that we've believed, we realize, no, that, that gift from Jesus, I would be a different person today. I would be a different person if I didn't know him as I know him today. Come and see. Come and see what Jesus is about. Come and see what he has in store for you. Next week, we'll keep going with this come and see idea, but we're going to start to make the shift. Right? We spent three weeks talking about us right? and the impact the gospel has on us. And right now we're going to make a shift as we're halfway through this series to, to start looking at what does it look like to start leaving the gospel for others? What does it look like to start having an impact on those that I, I, I see every day at work or I see every day in my neighborhood or, or family members that, that I know that don't have the same type of relationship that they could be having with God? I'm not talking about better behavior. I'm talking about experiencing this grace, this grace that Jesus provided to us on the cross. Let me pray for you. Father God, God, more than anything, thank you for sending Jesus to the cross. And Jesus, thank you for your obedience to saying yes and taking on the, the pain and the shame, taking on our sins, God, and dying in our place. Thank you that you provided the way. Thank you that you give us this grace day in and day out. God, for those of this room that... that aren't spending time with you, that aren't getting that opportunity to really see you up close and what that looks like, God, encourage them today. Encourage them to find the time to spend with you, to really get to know you. Because there's nothing and no one that's ever stepped foot on this planet with, with whatever wisdom or, or greatness that they may have had that even comes close to comparing to you. You were the perfect God full of grace, full of wisdom. And today we give you praise. God, help make us into good news people. God, let your gospel come alive in our lives starting today in a new way, in a way that we really genuinely understand the sacrifice that you made for us in a way that, that we fully understand that it was nothing that we did, but it was everything that you did for us. God, let that penetrate our deepest places in our hearts and our minds and our beings. And God, let us live from that place to have an impact on those around us. God, let us see them as you see them. God, let our heart break the fact that they don't get to experience your grace and your wisdom. We love you, Lord Jesus. As we approach your table, remind us of your sacrifice. Remind us of what you've done for us. And let our, our sin weigh a little bit heavier today to remind it of how great your grace is. We pray these things. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.